Hi, this is Tom from ZeroToFinals.com. In this episode, I'm going to be going through questions on cardiothoracic surgery. I hope you've enjoyed these questions episodes so far. We're going to cover the whole of surgery eventually in the podcast, so stay tuned for that. I recommend heading over to members.zerodefinals.com to check out the video there which will explain everything that the site contains and all the useful resources there for training your medical knowledge and preparing for exams. But for now, let's get straight into these questions. Question 1. What are the branches of the left coronary artery? Circumflex and left anterior descending. Question 2. Which artery supplies the right atrium? The right coronary artery. Question 3. Which artery supplies the left atrium? The circumflex artery. Question 4. Which artery supplies the posterior aspect of the left ventricle? The circumflex artery. Question 5. Which artery supplies the anterior aspect of the left ventricle? The left anterior descending artery. Question 6. Who is responsible for operating and monitoring the cardiopulmonary bypass equipment? A clinical perfusionist. Question 7. What is the name for the process of stopping the heart beating in order to perform a coronary artery bypass graft procedure? Cardioplegia. Question 8. Which medication is used to stop the heart beating during a cabbage procedure? A high concentration potassium solution. Question 9. What are the three main options for graft blood vessels used during a cabbage procedure? The saphenous vein, the internal thoracic artery or the radial artery? Question 10. What is the name of the process where graft veins become stenosed or narrowed over time? Intimal hyperplasia. Question 11. What are the two most serious and notable short-term complications of a cabbage procedure? Death, which occurs in 2-3% of straightforward cases, and stroke, which occurs in 1-5% of straightforward cases. Question 12. What incision may be used for minimally invasive mitral valve surgery? A right-sided mini thoracotomy incision. Question 13. What valvular pathology causes a slow-rising pulse and a narrow pulse pressure? Aortic stenosis. Question 14. What valvular pathology causes a pansystolic, high-pitched, whistling murmur? 
mitral regurgitation. Question 15. What are the two types of prosthetic heart valve? Bioprosthetic and metallic mechanical valves. Which one lasts longer? Metallic mechanical valves. Question 16. What type of prosthetic heart valve requires anticoagulation? Metallic mechanical valves. Which anticoagulant is used? Warfarin. What is monitored whilst on warfarin? The International Normalised Ratio or INR blood test. What target INR is used for warfarin in patients with metallic mechanical valves? An INR of 2.5 to 3.5. Question 17. What type of prosthetic heart valve involves a ball in a cage? A star Edwards valve. Question 18. What type of prosthetic heart valve involves two tilting metal discs? A St. Jude valve or a bileaflet valve. Question 19. What are the three major complications of mechanical heart valves? Thrombus formation, infective endocarditis and hemolytic anemia. Question 20. What procedure can be used to treat severe aortic stenosis in patients that are deemed too high risk for an open surgical valve replacement? A transcatheter aortic valve implantation or TAVI procedure. Question 21. What syndrome would cause a patient with a ventricular septal defect to become cyanotic? Eisenmenger syndrome. Question 22. What congenital heart defect causes a mid-systolic crescendo-decrescendo murmur heard loudest at the upper left sternal border? An atrial septal defect. Question 23. What congenital heart defect causes a pan-systolic murmur most prominently heard at the left lower sternal border in the third and fourth intercostal spaces? A ventricular septal defect or a VSD. Question 24. What congenital heart defect causes a systolic murmur heard below the left clavicle in the left infraclavicular area and below the left scapula. Coarctation of the aorta. Question 25. In what circumstance might a deep vein thrombosis lead to a stroke? An atrial septal defect. Question 26. How much fluid is normally present in the pericardial sac?
less than 50 milliliters. Question 27. Which two categories can be used for the causes of a pericardial effusion? Transudative causes and exudative causes. Question 28. Hiccups associated with a pericardial effusion are caused by compression of what nerve? The phrenic nerve. Question 29. A hoarse voice associated with a pericardial effusion is caused by compression of what nerve? The recurrent laryngeal nerve. Question 30. What clinical sign involves an abnormally large fall in blood pressure during inspiration, noticeable when palpating the pulse? Pulsus paradoxus. Question 31. What is the investigation of choice for diagnosing a pericardial effusion? Echocardiogram. Question 32. What investigation is most relevant in establishing the underlying cause of a pericardial effusion? Fluid analysis of the pericardial fluid. Question 33. What are the two options for draining a pericardial effusion? Needle pericardiocentesis and surgical drainage. Question 34. Which area of the thoracic aorta is most commonly affected by an aneurysm? The ascending aorta. Question 35. What is the normal diameter of the ascending and the descending thoracic aorta? Less than 4.5 centimeters for the ascending and less than 3.5 centimeters for the descending thoracic aorta. Question 36. What are the three layers of the aortic wall? The intima, media, and adventitia. Question 37. What is the name for when the inner two layers of the aorta rupture, resulting in dilation of the vessel, with blood being contained only by the outer layer of the aortic wall? A false aneurysm or a pseudoaneurysm. Question 38. What procedure used to treat thoracic aortic aneurysms involves a catheter inserted via the femoral artery and insertion of a stent graft into the affected section of the aorta. Thoracic endovascular aortic repair, or TVAR. Question 39. What incision may be used for open repair of a thoracic aortic aneurysm? A midline stenotomy incision. Question 40. What are the two most common types of non-small cell lung cancer? 
adenocarcinoma, and squamous cell carcinoma. Question 41. What type of cancer is associated with asbestos? Mesothelioma. Question 42. On examination, enlargement of which lymph nodes would make you most suspicious of lung cancer? The supraclavicular nodes. Question 43. What is the classic triad of Horner's syndrome? Partial ptosis, anhydrosis and meiosis. Question 44. When would lung cancer cause Horner's syndrome? A pancoast tumour, which is a tumour in the pulmonary apex, pressing on the sympathetic ganglion. Question 45. What type of lung cancer can cause syndrome of inappropriate ADH or SIADH? Small cell lung cancer. Which electrolyte abnormality does this present with? Hyponatremia or a low sodium. Question 46. What does Pemberton's sign indicate? Superior vena cava obstruction. Question 47. What type of lung cancer is most associated with hypercalcemia due to ectopic parathyroid hormone secretion? Squamous cell carcinoma. Question 48. What finding in the hands is most concerning for lung cancer? Finger clubbing. Question 49. What is the usual first line investigation for suspected lung cancer? A chest x ray. Question 50. What are the main options for obtaining a biopsy from a lung tumour? Either via a bronchoscopy, referred to as transbronchial, or via a percutaneous biopsy. Question 51. What is the name for keyhole surgery to the thorax? Video-assisted thoracoscopic surgery, or VATS. Question 52. How do you measure the size of a pneumothorax on an erect chest x-ray? Horizontally, from the lung edge to the inside of the chest wall at the level of the hilum. Question 53. What is the cutoff size of a pneumothorax for which aspiration is required? Above 2 cm. Question 54. Which anatomical landmarks form the triangle of safety 
for a chest drain insertion. Between the fifth intercostal space, the mid-axillary line or the lateral edge of the latissimus dorsi, and the anterior axillary line or the lateral edge of the pectoralis major muscle. Question 55. What are the two key complications of chest drains? Air leaks and surgical emphysema. Question 56. Which procedure involves creating an inflammatory response in the pleural lining so that the pleura stick together, sealing the pleural space? Pleurodesis. What are the options for pleurodesis? Abrasive pleurodesis and chemical pleurodesis, for example with talc. Question 57. What is the immediate initial management of a tension pneumothorax? To insert a large bore cannula into the second intercostal space in the mid-clavicular line. Question 58. What incision may be used for bilateral lung transplants? A clamshell incision. So thanks for listening to this episode on cardiothoracic surgery. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. As always, I recommend heading over to members.zerotofinals.com for loads of practice questions, as well as other tools to help you prepare for exams. And I hope you join me for the next episode where I'll go through questions on breast surgery.